0: Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today we talk to the bank's head of agri-sector, Owen Lowry, and Sherry Fitzgerald's, Philip Gukin, about rising demand for Irish farmland. The latest quarterly review from Sherry Fitzgerald indicates that while the start of 2021 was somewhat slow, activity has quickened. As we enter the second half of 2021, how, how would you sum up market activity in the agri-sector, considering uh, the double whammy of a year we began with in terms of both the COVID pandemic and the Brexit challenge? Did, did these uncertainties impact on on land buying and selling
1: sentiment? This time last year with COVID, I think everybody was in a state of, of shock. And the unknown, I suppose, it was, it was definitely something that we wouldn't have dealt with before. Um, and we had Brexit two years before that. But certainly last year, there was the uncertainty of, of what was coming around the corner with COVID and with the implications of it. Um, it turned out each month that we went along and, and in farmland and in property in general, it turned out to be a relatively good year looking back. And there was a few things why it was, and we can go through those later. But certainly, I suppose the lack of supply of, of, of property was a big thing, of land, and um, there was a still that demand for it, John, um, and I suppose when there's a, a massive demand for something and a lack of supply coming through, general economics say that the prices go up, and what we saw was uh, they, they did eventually start going up. When the lockdowns, um, we opened up, you know, we got going again, and it's certainly, there was a, a lot of activity. So as I was looking back to the Sherry Fitzgerald report that we've done um, last year and the first quarter this year, so the opening quarter this year continued with the strong growth of last year and it went up about €175 Euro on the average uh, for the first quarter. But we saw in the last six months uh, a 2% growth in prices uh, in general. And we just take a general uh, overview of the market. And, and so we're we're... Um, we're seeing definitely a rise in, in the market. Um, and I think that's going to continue. So your price per average um, would be around nearly 9,000 um, per acre. That's the average land. So that's gone up about €175 Euro, and we probably see that continuing. And Generally this year, what we're seeing is that the weather doesn't seem to be helping as much. We We have meant to be getting photographs taken the last two, three weeks. And unfortunately, we're, we're ducking and diving the rain. Um, but generally, March, April, May would be your busy time of year for land to coming to the market. That's just going on the land, getting better, getting a bit drier. Mm-hmm. So we probably, with the lockdown as well, we only started opening up viewings and and, and really stuff starting to sell in the last few weeks. So given the, the wet spring uh, it slowed stuff a little bit coming to the market. So we're probably predicting a little bit more to come to the market in the next couple of weeks. But again, we probably see that the prices will keep continuing to grow a little bit uh, due to the lack of supply
0: coming to the market. And on Owen, what are you seeing at your end of things from the bank perspective?
2: Yeah, I think it's quite similar to what Philip's after talking about there. Um, I think sentiment is definitely very strong in the market um, with farmers at the moment. The mood is good. The weather, while it might be difficult to take photographs of uh, and beautiful photographs of farms, from a farming point of view, it's been very positive. You know, grass growth is very strong. Crops have gotten off to a good start. Um, but coupled with that, Uh, agri-commodities are on a bit of a bull run in terms of prices um, where we're seeing uh, strong prices uh, that we wouldn't have seen in the last four and five years. Dairy markets and and grain markets are at four and five year highs. So all of that is really helping the sentiment. Um, There is, as Philip outlined, there is a lot of pent-up demand uh, from last year because of the lockdowns. So um, I think there's an appetite uh, to to develop farms but also to actually buy and attain land so i think that's that's helping the whole situation so i think it's quite a positive outlook
0: and what's the story with market supply regarding farms and land currently for sale the residential property sector is constantly in the headlines due to lack of stock could the same be true for the farming sector
1: or is it down to business sentiment yeah it's certainly true i think just going back i suppose Last year, uh, the Farmers Journal report, which was a very good report, saw about a 25.4% decline of of farms coming to the market. Certainly at Cherry Fitzgerald, we've seen that as well. Um, And again, that's just due to, I think, a lot of uncertainty with people. I think the lockdowns didn't help. Um, I think a lot of vendors maybe decided, look, let's wait and see approach. Um, Maybe, you know, The normal average year, people would just bring their farms and properties onto the market. But certainly with COVID, with lockdowns, with all those things, I mean, usually you'd you'd have a lot of physical auctions. You know, during the lockdown, you couldn't have the physical auctions. You'd have them in hotels. You'd have them. in so a lot of factors came into play when uh, valuing properties, when farmers actually decided, well, you know, should we bring our stock or farm on or not? Um so, I suppose a combination of all of those um certainly just brought the supply down, and it's similar with properties, I suppose we saw it in in Dublin and around the, the the country um It's funny, just going back to your first point i mean brexit had a, a had a more of a negative impact on the market out in the country than a global pandemic did, so you know it certainly just is um that supply. Not getting on, and the demand, is, as Owen said, demand still being there. Um, other factors, I suppose, I mean, Owen will touch it in as well. You know, some people are deciding to lease their land, um, and it's a good option, maybe, to, to get sort of income coming in while keep retaining the farm and the family. So I suppose it's a combination of, of a lot of things there. Um, we couldn't take out one and say, well, that was definite, the definite factor. And Owen, you, are you seen that too?
2: Yeah, I I agree again with what Philip's saying. We're seeing a lot of similar um, trends. Um, I think it's important. I, I, one of the key components to the supply in the market um, centres around government policy and especially around the tax incentives or tax, tax free allowances that are there in terms of long term leasing, um, whereby a farmer or a landowner can uh, lease out their farm over a long term, they're generally greater than 10, 10, 15 year terms um, and avail of tax free income of up to 80,000 if it's in joint names. So um, that definitely is probably a barrier to more supply coming on the market, albeit it is uh, creating um, uh, an access route for young farmers to get into farming.
0: And I suppose uh, where, where is demand highest in terms of the kinds of farms being sought
1: in Ireland and how is this affecting land prices? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, I suppose if you look back the last 10 years, um, you would have found that tillage farming, tillage farmers certainly would have been on, on, on top in terms of your good arable land. Um, they would have been the people out searching for them because prices in general for, 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 uh, arable crops were very, very good. Um, Recently, though, what we're seeing is that dairy farmers certainly would be your, your main buyers out there and certainly are the ones looking for the bigger farms. Um, and so we're seeing now that, you know, good arable land, um, dairy farmers looking at that and saying, well, look, we can reseed it, take that year out, and bring it back to grassland. So we are certainly seeing uh a good competition out there between and we don't forget about the beef farmers as well and you know people looking at investments into land so um certainly at the moment though dairy seems to be the the one uh commodity that certainly is pushing the the land and the the demand for land certainly yeah
0: how are you seeing that too in terms of negotiations with farmers
2: yeah, John, I think uh, there's no doubt about it that dairy is the big driver of the demand on the demand side of land. But I think what we're seeing within dairy is some some shifts and some trends of um, emerging, um, particularly around um, dairy farmers looking to offset their exposure to the leased land component and they're moving to actually buy land. And I think that's maybe... Um, uh, relevant to where maybe the sector is, um, you know, it's gone through a huge period of growth uh, and development, and that work is probably coming to a com- completion in terms of far- um, on farm on-farm development in uh, in terms of buildings, and the cash flows are strong, and I suppose farmers are looking to a place where they can invest their money. So I think we're definitely seeing that element. The second piece is where. Uh, we're seeing units, dairy farmers who have units already uh, um, in place, but they want second and third units. So they're, they're driving the, the requirement for a second and third piece. And then the last piece is around the environmental side of things, where there's um, an increased amount of land required to retain the same level of stock, where future environmental regulations will limit the amount of stock or curtail the amount of stock that can be carried on a, an acre or hectare. So um, definitely, we're definitely seeing those three key trends emerging. And I
0: suppose what parts of the country are seeing the greatest demand for land and what kind of land has been sought?
1: Yeah, it's funny, I suppose, looking back at the trends, you'd find in, in any given year that uh, in some areas, one year they might go up two or three percent and then the following year they might go down two percent. So in general, the last few years we've seen a very very stable market and uh, it hasn't seen huge increases or decreases and just if you take a sort of i suppose a 10-year average you'd see that actually it's sort of flat enough between sort of up and downs in general the midwest um, which is like your likes of tipperary and things like that recorded the greatest increase in prices of any of the region in the quarter of around three percent which is which would make sense because I suppose that's the heartland of farm, I suppose, and that's the most sought after land. Um, After that then, we would have saw uh, the Midlands. um, I suppose it offers a little bit value for money wise, um, just more grazing available. Uh, So we saw around a 2.8% increase there in the Sherry Fitz report. Um, But in general, all around, probably during the East, it sort of remained um, similar enough because probably we'd, we'd have to admit that the East would the prices would have been quite good there anyway. Mm. So definitely the Midlands and the Midwest have seen the biggest increases in land uh, over the last year, definitely. Very good. And, and Owen, what are you seeing in terms of the kind of farm systems in demand?
2: Yeah, um, I think there's demand coming from across all um, farm systems Uh I suppose what, what, when it comes down to land, it's quite an emotive subject for a lot of farmers and the opportunity to acquire the field next door, the farm down the road only comes up once in a lifetime. And in fact, it only probably comes up once every 200 years is the official um, data around the amount of land that comes in the market every year. So when that happens, you know, farmers dig deep and they and across all systems uh, to acquire that, that field. So I think what we are seeing, while dairy, yes, is, is absolutely a big driver of it, um, it's definitely across all systems. Um, and once it comes down to affordability, I think um, for that 10, 20 acre block, maybe the smaller, smaller amounts of land, um, that's a lot more attainable for a large number of farmers.
0: Very good. I'll just stay with you on this one, Owen, as well, in just terms of the other sectors in the market. How will they perform this year? And what is the future for these sectors, such as tillage and beef production? And what impact will this have on future sales of farms, given demand from dairy farmers currently?
2: Yeah, like I think the outlook for the sector is very positive over the, the remainder of 2020. Um, uh, we, as I said, we're, we're quite seeing quite strong um solid robust uh, commodity prices in terms of dairy and and um and cereals um likewise the beef uh, prices are very strong much stronger than they have been for the last number of years and again that's all boosting that confidence at farm level and i and i think rightly so you know it has been a, a tougher couple of years for farmers um but they're coming out of that period and that's that's the nature of farming it's it's it's, it's well used to volatility in terms of commodity prices, and, and farmers tend to tighten their belts in times of, of of low prices, and when prices are strong, they tend to spend money and invest in their farm businesses. So, I, I think the expectation over the longer term, um, out beyond twenty twenty one, is also quite positive, and um, uh, we'd be hopeful that uh, the, the the next couple of years will take advantage of the strong prices that are out there.
0: Very good,
1: Phil. You and Tosnutt. Yeah, I, I would agree with Owen. It's funny that, the, the, you know, um, the smaller packages, your 10, 20, 30 acres of farms that, you know, certainly will see your, your local farmers very interested in. And as, as Owen said, your neighbouring farmer might have just decide to sell. And, you know, it's a once in a lifetime or once in a generation opportunity. So there are certainly what we see in the market is for the smaller packages you may actually get a higher price per acre than if it was 200 acres beside you. Um, because there'll be obviously more demand, uh, local farmers who are just want to expand in some ways, even if it's that 20, 30 acres, will hopefully be able to afford that. So even up to, if you take a 10 grand, 11 grand an acre, you know, it's three or 400,000, they will be able to afford that. Bringing a 200 acre farm onto the market you know, you're talking up to two and a half, three million in some cases for it, and it's just a higher level. So there's less of an interest. You're looking for people outside of that area, possibly or investors or bigger dairy farmers. Um, recently, we sold a 225 acre farm in Kildare and achieved over 13,000 an acre. Um, the question would have to be asked if it was 10 or 20 acres, would we got more than 13,000 an acre possibly? So really just is your size of the farm, your quality, the amount of local interest. But if it's a higher, bigger farm, you know, you may have to bring in other people from outside of the area, bigger farmers who would be able to afford that or breaking up into smaller parcels. But we look at that really access into farms and things like that are very important. So, um, you know, when we're out valuing things and out giving advice on it, all of those things will come into play and, and you know, hopefully we give the best advice there.
0: And what what impact are non-farming investors having on the prices in the market and general agri-market?
1: Yeah, it's funny, um, it's funny you say that. Like, you know, last year, certainly for the first time in a long time, we saw um, investors coming into the market that are looking at that as a commodity and saying, well, look, if I buy... know a hundred acre farm and let it out for a number of years what would be my return in 10 years time will the values go up um know, it's the old saying they don't make land anymore it's it's been (laughs) said i don't know how many times at this stage but it's true a lot of people do look at that and you know uh, uh, the old 20 30 years ago land was very much sought after as an investment and developers okay I suppose if you talk with developers, it's close to the town, so that's for a different conversation. But, you know, if we take good farms, um, there are certainly what we saw last year, was calls coming through with people who are non-farming backgrounds saying, actually, you know, there's no residence on it. It's just pure land. Quite easy to let. It's quite easy to manage. There's a good farmer who comes in and lets the farm. Um, it's a con-acre agreement. You know what you're getting. There's not much damage that can be done to it if it's controlled right. So it is an option for investment. And, you know, with the prices the way they are, and if they continue with the small growth in it, well, you know, in five, 10 years time, you'd look back and say, well, actually, it might be a very good investment. So certainly there is a different, a small portion of our of our buyers out there who's looking to invest in land yeah
0: very good Uh, Owen are you seeing that too are you seeing people approaching the bank about you know land as an investment farmland particularly as an investment
2: yeah definitely John Um, uh, and I think it it comes down to you know it's a safe asset Um, it may not be the greatest return um, but over the longer term it's a very safe asset in in terms of its um, reliability and you know we have to also be conscious of Uh, looking at other um, investment decisions, you know, the returns are probably not there that were there in the past. So land looks a lot better today relative to some of those. Um, We see, you know, Bill Gates in in the US is now the biggest landowner in the US. um, And similarly in the UK, James Dyson of of Dyson Hoovers and Vacuum Cleaners. um, He is one of the biggest landowners in the UK. So uh, we're seeing a lot more, business people getting in globally and i think then that's creating maybe more local um interest in in farms particularly in ireland
0: and a final question is a forward-looking one is where do we see land prices going over the next one to three years in the longer term and will will future things like cap influence uh, or environmental changes drive them down uh, phil to start with you there
1: yeah i think i think certainly um when COVID is sort of out of the, hopefully we get through it and vaccinated and everything like that, it'd just be interesting to see the six month period after that. I think there's definitely a stability that will happen in the market. I think the demand will still be there. Mm. Um, demand is always going to be there. Um, uh, you know, if, if the prices become stable and affordable, I think the demand will always be there for land and farms, for good farms. And I think. That's certainly what we're seeing on the ground, is that there's enough demand there to not see any serious implications to the land market in the coming years, if it is stable market. Um, But certainly, I, I can't, I can see it just hopefully like the last 10 years, just continuing obviously last year we did see a bump upwards and this year maybe as well but I, I do think in time the stock will start coming onto the market again and gradually over time it will start to stabilise again hopefully hopefully
0: um, Owen your thoughts for the next one to three years on the same question
2: um, I think very simply John um, they're not making any more of it um, <laughs> It. So there, there will be continued demand for it. I think the environmental agenda, which will be the biggest fit challenge facing the sector, is really going to uh, put, a, put a floor in the price of land. Because if you look again globally, um, with population growth, where we're going to have more mouths to feed and we're going to have to increase the amount of food that we will produce on the planet by up to about 60% over the next 10 or 15 years, what that simply mean is that we have to grow more food on the same amount of land using less resources such as uh, chemical fertilisers, et cetera. I think the fundamentals are very strong. And I think from where we sit, uh, lending into the sector and into the land uh, for, for farmers to buy land, uh, we're very comfortable. and um, We understand um, the, the ups and downs of, of farm incomes, but we're very comfortable lending uh, to, uh, for land Uh, over the longer term
0: very good Owen Lowry Bank of Ireland Philip Guckian from Sherry Fitzgerald thank you again for your time that was great